you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good. Shane getting fired up for some SEC football, and even Mm. though our countdown's backed it up about (laughs) three weeks... Uh, I mean, I, hey, I'm still getting fired up, and uh, despite what's going around in the Pac-12, looks like SEC is going to be happening. Absolutely, man, I'm loving it. I, I mean, the highlight reels are awesome. It's I'm glad that you're throwing out some new ones. You know, for round two, we get some uh, some new numbers. Uh, today we had the LSU Florida, and of course, I love it because everybody's like, "Wait a minute, why's Florida always on the receiving end of these videos?" <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> And it's so funny because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I haven't seen the last one I saw was like four days ago, and that was against Mississippi State, and and that was like 20 years ago. Maybe because it's just, you know, when you beat Florida, it's a it's usually some sort of upset. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't see a lot of Florida videos. I I have seen less Tennessee videos, and that I may have had something to do with that. But now Mike's in control of the the countdown, so I'm sure he's going to throw some balls in there. Yeah, absolutely. Got to do it for you, Cousin Shane, all the (laughs) listeners out there. But I hope everyone's enjoying that. And, you know, maybe a little bit of a sense of normalcy when you see stuff like that. Because there's so Mm -hmm. much negativity and pessimism. And I hate to even do this, Shane, but uh, my show topic today, not a ton of news in the SEC, not a lot happening. But I've got, I don't want to say pessimistic, but (laughs) I kind of wanted to throw this out there. You know, we just don't know what this SEC schedule is going to look like. We're anticipating it to come out this week. I heard some speculation that it could be, a, you know, they were saying maybe Monday, but I think it's going to be closer to Friday towards the tail end of the week. But according to Texas A&M AD Ross Bjork, I mean, they have no idea what this thing's going to look like. Now, you are going to, like we said last week, they're going to keep the eight SEC opponents that they had last year. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean they're going to be in that order. It does not mean that your team's going to open at home if they were supposed to. It doesn't mean your team's going to open on the road if they were supposed to. So <laughs> there's a lot of unanswered questions going around. So I just thought it would be kind of cool. Well, before you say that, uh-huh. did you see there was one schedule leaked out up there in Missouri? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I forgot about that old uh, Eli Drakowitz, baby. He's, he's back in the news. He's leaked Missouri's schedule. That's right. I saw it. But then I started reading it, and I was like, is that the – what is it? The Mighty Ducks was one of them. That's the one that stood out to me. The Patriots was also on the roster – or on the on the schedule. So Yeah, I got it here for anybody that missed it. So Coach Drinkowitz, this was on Friday, I believe, tweeted out, you know, he's trying to break some news here. He's, Missouri's schedule has leaked. At home, we got Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, the 85 Bears, and the 98 <laughs> Bulls. And then other way games, he said Florida, Tennessee, Patriots, New England Patriots, South Carolina, and the Mighty Ducks. Oh, <laughs> uh, what were the alternates down there? There was two alternates. Yeah, so he's got two alternates. I guess he's planning for COVID here. They got, uh, remember the Titans? And the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That thing went viral and people weren't really reading it, you know? It's like, <laughs> I love it. And also, did you see the uh, the the Vandy picture you put out earlier? Uh, is this is this a norm in practice? Uh, for those that didn't see it, uh, we, Mike posted on that SEC podcast, it had a Vanderbilt player with a mask over his mouth and a face guard, a face shield uh, on top. Is that is this a new? Is this the new thing? I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen that look before from a player, <laughs> but I have seen that from some of the coaches. So I think that's going to be standard here when we get to a lot, a lot of videos and stuff. Because you know the coaches have got to be. You know, they're not always going to be yelling and screaming, but, the, you know, they have to have a commanding voice. There's, you know, 100 kids on the field, and, and yeah. their position groups has got to hear them, so they can't be whispering out there. So, uh, yeah, from what I've seen, these coaches, for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, it's kind of like a headband, and then it has, like, the plastic shield that <laughs> completely covers your face. So you can still kind of project and not, uh, you know, spread your, your germs or whatever all over the field. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's – Man, hashtag 2020 right there. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. I, because they're testing the players. I, I was thinking, you know, hey, once they're in the facility, they're testing. I'm sure these guys have, can get, you know, if I, if Joe Blow go, goes and gets a COVID test, it takes a couple of days to get, get the results, right? Mm -hmm. I would imagine that these guys can take a test in the morning and find out in a couple of hours if they're good or not so if they're good why do they have to wear wear all that gear you know what i'm saying it just it that doesn't make sense to me and the other thing it doesn't make sense to me i don't know if you saw the lsu player that came out with the covid the football mask did you see that one yeah so what's uh, shane's called referring to it's called a splash shield and for mm -hmm. anyone that's not seen this so just you know it's a normal helmet with the normal face mask but then it's got kind of like plexiglass right under the entire face mask of the helmet. Now there are holes for them to breathe, but <laughs> they're not very big. Dude's <laughs> fogging up, and it says, he, he, "If you listen to the video, he says you can't effing breathe in this thing. It's like, and, and the tweet says it's like breathing in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> mm. These kids are gonna pass out from lack of oxygen out there. We can't have that." Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work around this one. So <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of uh, you know trials and tribulations. Thank God we got seven weeks of camp because uh, that should be <laughs> enough time. They may need that much time to figure out what in the hell they're gonna be doing. You know what? Unbelievable. But 
like I said, we, we don't have a ton of news here. So yeah. this was my idea, and I, I already threw this out in a graphic. I wanted to hold off till we did this podcast, but I was afraid the schedule was going to come out and this would be worthless. But <laughs> I was thinking, now, we've been optimistic all off season, and you know we've not deterred from that. And I'm not deterring from it now, but mm-hmm. I am looking – and again, we don't, you know, we don't cover baseball. I don't even follow baseball, to be honest with you. But I've noticed that, uh, you know, they're kind of struggling a little bit, from what I understand, with some of the Corona stuff. Now, not the entire league, from what I understand, but a team here or there. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they don't know what they're kind of getting into. Hopefully, college football can learn from, you know, their successes and their failures and make college football even better. Yeah. But that being said, now. There is a possibility here that we only get, you know, I could see the the football season starting and then, you know, disaster strike and then we just lose it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I certainly don't want that to happen. But we've seen, if, if anybody missed it, the Pac-12. So they have released their updated schedules of conference only, just like the SEC. And that's kind of where I got the idea because they got UCLA and USC starting the season. They're playing week one. Arizona, mm. Arizona State, they're playing week one. Uh, so they've got a couple of big rivalry games. In right the out of the gate. Right out of the gate. And that got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> if I, hell, like Ross Bjork says here. Ross, this is John Wilson from KBTX. I was curious when you anticipate maybe getting the entire schedule and will the order of opponents stay the same or could it look completely different than what we knew going in? I would say right now we need to anticipate that it, it'll look completely different. So we know what it looks like as of uh, yesterday. I'm not sure what the rhythm will be. I don't know who we'll open up with. I don't know if we'll open up at home or on the road. We really have no idea. Literally, we have not seen the models uh, of what that looks like. We only know that we'll play the eight games that were already scheduled in what order and then who the other two are. We have no idea. Just like Ross Bjork said, I mean, this thing could come down in any order, any fashion. Mm-hmm. So not saying this is going to be the schedule. I certainly don't think this is going to be the week one schedule, but I'd be all for it, and I'd be fired up as hell to watch these games after this long off season, no spring, no summer, and now we mm-hmm. got to wait an extra three weeks. Give me every marquee game. <laughs> and the biggest issue I'm going to ha- have is trying to – you know, plug in as many TVs so I can catch all these bad boys. So, yeah, you ready to discuss my week one dream schedule in the SEC, Shane? Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you why I love this schedule, and you're about to get to it, is because, you know, we're not going to have the Kentucky-Louisville, the Clemson-South Carolina, Florida-Florida State. So, you know, all those Georgia-Georgia Tech, those games at the end that mean a lot because it's rivalry week – I like mixing this thing up, and I like starting out with the bang. So let's, yeah, let's get to your schedule, buddy. All right. Well, talking about uh, speaking with a bang here, I'm just going to go with the biggest game out the book. This is the one that has drawn the most negative feedback here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Auburn at Alabama, the Iron Bowl. Give it to me week one, Shane, and I'll tell you why. Basically, my whole logic with this damn thing is, those people in that state live and die with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on one side of it or the other. You can't be on both sides, obviously. You got 365 days of bragging rights. 
if there's only going to be one game, and again, not saying that's going to happen. I'm not rooting for that to happen, obviously. But if we're only getting one Alabama game this year, if we're only getting one Auburn game this year, I need it to be the Iron Bowl shade. I, I don't care about it, even if that's the best matchup on the board. This is this has got to be number one on my list. I got you, man. It makes sense because you never know what's going to happen. If you can get the one game played for Alabama, the one game played for Auburn, some may argue the LSU, but I still think that this thing comes down to an Iron Bowl, and I'd love to have it played week one. Mm-hmm. Is, and- this a, is this a nooner? <laughs> no, sir. This is probably going to be the night game down there in the, the state of Alabama, Bryant-Denny Stadium, the renovated stadium. And, you know, I've also heard some people say, well, what in the hell? I mean, this would not be – the rest of the season wouldn't be as fun. But, man, we're talking a loaded SEC schedule here. Anybody that loses these games, they got nine games to catch back up. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think it would be the end-all, be-all – and I just think that no matter what was on TV, I mean, SEC would just smash every t- television record if we got these games coming out of the you know week one slate. We're already having to wait three extra weeks. Give me the money games. And here's the other one. This has pissed off two entire states. Florida, Georgia, in Jacksonville. And I've even researched this, Shane. Jacksonville Jaguars, where they play. Uh-huh. They are not home this week. So, hey, we got the stadium free and clear <laughs> for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And I'm surprised. I'm, You know, I'm honestly, I'm surprised so many Florida fans have been. I understand why they'd want this game later in the year. You know, it's such a big rivalry. But at the same time, you know, if you're Florida, mm-hmm. there's no better time than to catch Georgia than coming out the gates with the entire new offense. I mean, if you're catching them towards the tail end of the season, you're running the risk that this offense is running at you know at its ultimate pace here and mm-hmm. if Georgia's offense is humming with that defense Florida's got no chance right whereas if you can catch them week 1 and they don't know what the hell they're doing yet I think Florida's going to win that game <laughs> absolutely well I, let me ask you cuz I, I was going to go that way with the first game uh the Alabama Auburn who do you think that would as far as just out of the gate you know, just ready to kick some tail, which team would be, I, I don't know, which team would you give the advantage to going into week one? I hate to go back again, but mm-hmm. since we already discussed it. Hmm, yeah, that's an interesting one because it – I wanted to say I wanted to say it would benefit Alabama just because Auburn's defense will be so new, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. But at the same time, Alabama will have – well, they'll have some indication, but they'll have no film on Bo Nix and Chad Morris's system with all yeah. these receivers. And if they revamp that passing attack, Auburn's going to be a hell of a dangerous team. I think that's a, mm-hmm. that's the one thing we've kind of been overlooking with all. Well, not you haven't, but I have been with Auburn this off season is how you know for all the grief we give Chad Morris, if he can you know spark Bo Nix, he's got so many receivers to throw the yeah. ball to. Now, blocking, that might be an issue. <laughs> but if they can give him some time. But think about, think about it this way, too. Maybe it's a push. Yeah. Maybe it's a push, but I know you're big on Mac Jones. I'm not. Maybe this extended camp, maybe that gives Bryce Young, you know, time to learn the playbook. And, hell, maybe he's the starting quarterback. Hmm. 
Interesting twist. I don't I don't think so, but I can see where you're saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, if they lose, if they come out and lose against Alabama, maybe they say, you know what? The hell with this. Let's try this route, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could see that happening with Georgia-Florida if the, if if Newman didn't work out or something. You know, I, I, I have no idea what Georgia's going to do week one, especially if they're going against Florida. I mean, they can't afford to make any mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be – man, that would be – so out of the two games, which one would you be leaning – which one would you be more excited about watching? Florida, Georgia, I think I, I yeah. really would, and um, that's no yeah, that's no you know disrespect to Iron Bowl because that would be a hell of a matchup too. But you know, I don't think, with all due respect to Auburn, I don't think many people have them as the favorite in the West. You know what? Right. Whereas right. in the East, I mean, this is like a showdown for the division. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm kind of going the same way, and my my big one is I just want to see this Georgia offense. I want to see what they what what they're bringing to the table, and I want to see uh, it does does Kyle Trask, it, even though as as much praise as we gave him going into the to the season, how much more how how better will he be in this offense? You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm just I don't know. There's so many so many variables, and uh, man, that would. Man, out of the gate, could you imagine both these games being played? You, <laughs> I, you just play these two games. We'll be all right, man. <laughs> right, but I ain't done yet. Uh-oh. Check this one out. So, hey, this is one of the up-and-coming rivalries in the SEC, the entire conference here. And, man, the back and forth between these fan bases this offseason. LSU at Texas A&M. Ooh, this is usually, obviously, the last game of the regular season. And while LSU, Alabama, that, you know, that could have been one I, I went with here. You know, that's historically the last decade or so. That has been the big matchup in the SEC West. But I really like this LSU-Texas A&M game. I know it was not competitive last year, but we all know two years ago, you know, the outcome of that one and the bad blood there. And this is the opportunity. If you're Texas A&M, I've hit on it all off season. The continuity return on the flip side. LSU uh, reworking that offense a bit after losing so much talent and coaches, reworking that defensive side of the ball. It's kind of the same thing we said for Florida, Georgia. I think this favors Texas A&M getting LSU week one, whereas on the flip side, I think there'll be a lot of LSU players and coaches saying, here we go with this Aggie hype train. Let's go put them in their place. So there'd be, there'd be motivation for the Tigers too, to just come out here and, Expose Texas A&M, so I think I think it would be a hell of a game. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. And and there's a lot of people that have, you know, there's a, I mean, there's just a lot of love going to Texas A&M. You're one of them, Mike. You know, you. I'm not saying you crowned it. Well, yeah, you kind of crowned these guys, <laughs> saying they're going to win the West. You know what I'm saying? And then here's LSU, the big dogs on campus that have the the championship ring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like playing that game. You ever played King of the Hill? You know, oh, yeah. when you're on top of the hill, people are coming. But you know, as long as you as long as you hold firm, you'll you'll hold that spot. So that's what LSU LSU's going to have to defend because they're going to get everybody's best again. And including Texas A&M, and there's a lot of people saying that LSU's starting to come back down to earth, and Texas A&M's on the rise. That may be the most even match week one, and uh, of course, then part of me is looking at that uh, 50 to seven victory uh, LSU had. You know, and I, I know they lost a lot of talent to the league, but you know, is how how 
how close is that gap with these two teams, Mark? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, despite the fact I picked the Aggies to win the West, that's been a huge concern to me all off season. And we're going to find out, I think, in a hurry, particularly if it's LSU versus Texas A&M week one, but <laughs> we're going to find out in a hurry. There's programs that learn from games like that and use it to push themselves all off season, like LSU did. Remember they lost 29-0 Alabama. Mm-hmm. Come back and, hell, they, they played like their hair is on fire, obviously, the entire season. So <laughs> yeah. is that something we're going to see from Jimbo's program or are they going to fold? I mean, it's going to be – I don't think there's really going to be much in between. I think it's going to be one or the other. If I mean, if this game did happen week one and LSU did put a whooping on Texas A&M, I mean, I mean Jimbo, Jimbo's on the hot seat, right? Get his ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear I could just hear it right now, man. They you know, Texas A&M is tired of not being competitive in big games, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's just it's this is the year. This is the time. You don't have a freshman quarterback back there. You got a seasoned vet. You've got I mean, the talent is that that's returning to to AM's ridiculous. And the fact you're you're catching a new squad, new offense, new defensive coordinator. Uh you you would think that this would be the season that A and M just, you know, makes some noise. So yeah, if they if they lose this game, by all means, I think Jimbo deserves to be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can never have another Fifty to seven loss. No, ne- I don't think no. I don't think you can ever have that again. I don't care who the you hell you're playing. You can't pay somebody this much money and get fifty to seven. That's ridiculous. Even last year, that should have pissed you off. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't have. It should have been closer than that. So uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get off the rails too much. You know, I mean, it's a little late. I've been drinking. I, you know, I'm getting a little <laughs> delirious. So I'm going to bring it back down. Uh, this would be a hell of a game. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a seven overtime game, but I do think that one of these teams would take control early. And once they do, I, I don't think they look back. All right. Well, speaking of going off the rails here, this one is guaranteed to do it, Shane. We've been talking about it since these hires were made. <laughs> the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Give give me that bad boy week one. Been dying oh, to see these coaches go head to head. So much drama with these two and in and, and this state here. I just want to get back to the field, and, and there's no better way than to give me the Egg Bowl week one. Hell, give it to us on Thursday if you want. Seems like <laughs> seems like that's always on a Thursday, I guess because of the Thanksgiving. But who in the hell is turning down this game week one? No, no, people that don't love college football, Mike, that's the only thing I can guess because I'm going to tell you, man, there was a lot of great games last year in that rivalry week, but you, you, I mean, you get lost with the Iron Bowl, the luster of Iron Bowl or the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. You know what I'm saying? This is this game. If you really bought into the elements of this game last year, you realize just how much these fan bases hate each other. You know, I mean, down to the core. And uh, that really showed up on the field last year. And, man, it was just such a fantastic game. I just – I wanted part two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, w- I would have paid to fly down there and watch this game again. You know, that's that's just how good it was. That's how good it's always been. You know, so – and now you got the Pirate on one side. 
You got Joey Freshwater on the other. I mean, could you? I mean, just th- that alone, man. The headlines that are going to come out watching these two guys, and uh, that'd be fantastic. I'd love it. I'm looking forward to that one already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can put it anywhere on the schedule. I'm going to watch it, but week week yeah. one's where I want it right now. Seriously, we don't we don't, we have no clue what the offense is going to look like. <laughs> we have no clue what the defense if there's even going to be a defense. They may decide, you know what, the hell with it. First to hundred wins, you know. <laughs> you, just don't, you don't know. There's going to be cowbells everywhere. There's going to be so many signs about pissing on a football. I can, I, I can. I'm already. I'm thinking about writing one and going down there. So, uh, give given the games that you've you've projected, obviously game day is going to be at one of these guys. Where are we going? Mm, game day. Mm. I think going back to the when we were talking about the battle for the East, I think it's got to be Florida Georgia. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So that means uh, Paul and them probably going to be at uh, Alabama again. (laughs) (laughs) Good. They didn't have to travel too far. (laughs) All right, so how about uh, this one? I had to peg down, thinking about the the ideal spot for Tennessee, and there's a lot of teams, Ball Nation, love to play. But I think there's one they basically got no respect for, for whatever reason, and I actually think this is a hell of a matchup, not only this season, but it has been in years past. Kentucky at Tennessee, this is about as evenly a match game as you're going to get in the SEC East. What What are your thoughts on Kentucky at Tennessee week one? Boy, Vol Twitter does not like Kentucky. <laughs> Did you? I like that one. I can't, I'd love to give him a shout out. He says, uh, Vol Twitter doesn't discriminate. They hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, man. You know, cause I, I, I have a lot of Vol fans that, that follow me and I follow a lot of Vol fans and, uh, it, it's, you know, it's almost like they don't understand what's going on up there. You know, Kentucky's got a hell of a ball club and I'm worried about them. I think that this is going to be a, a hell of a ball game. You know, I've got, I got them boys up there already wanting to, to gamble some more bottles of bourbon on this thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now they want to double down. They want more expensive bourbon. So, you know, that, that, that has me a little bit more worried, you know, cause that just shows the confidence that they have coming into this season. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think this is be a hell of a game. Now don't get me wrong. Tennessee, yeah, they owned them the last few years, but you got to remember, you know, Kentucky came off at Georgia loss when they were trying to get to an SEC championship for the first time in ever, you know. So of course there was a natural letdown uh, last season. I, I just think that 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 game, man, it came down to uh, it came down to a go- I think goal line stop. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think Stoop got a little too conservative. Mm-hmm. And if he gambled a little bit more, which is ironic that I think that's his name, right? The gambler. If, if he <laughs> if he would have cut loose, you know, who knows what would have happened. So the, this game's been tight, buddy. And I, I think this year would be no different. So I have I have a lot of respect for, for the Big Blue Nation. But I'm also a big Orange fan, so... <laughs> I'm ready to gamble all the bourbon I've got, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, thinking back to this game last year, Kentucky really dominated the first half. You really got to credit Tennessee's coaching staff for making the adjustments at halftime because I feel like if they didn't do that, they were going to lose this game. And like you said, 
you know, it came down to a literally a goal line stand yep. where you got Lynn Bowden going head to head with Tennessee's improving defense. And it came down to tackles at the inch line. You know what I mean? And we're, we're sitting here talk. Well, we are not, but some people are talking like this is uh, Florida versus Vanderbilt or something. You know what I mean? Like these programs are basically neck and neck. I know the head to head has not been there. Hell, they both went eight and five last year. So yeah. both play in the SEC East. And last time I checked, I mean, Kentucky's beaten Florida more recently oh than gosh. Tennessee. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's not it's not that unreasonable to think Kentucky goes into Tennessee and wins. Now, I did I did pick Tennessee to be third in the East, Kentucky fourth. So, I do I agree with you there. I think Tennessee I give them a slight advantage, but it's uh, if you go back to our preview show, I said it was like a, a very very slim margin between these two, and I still think that. And I will say this, Mike. The only thing that would scare me about this game is the fact that you do have it on week one. I think I think if anybody's ready week one, it's going to be the Wildcats. You know what I'm saying? So I would I would even see if this thing came out right now, it would not surprise me if if Kentucky had the points. You know, because you look at what Tennessee did last year or last few years, they've been really slow to start, and you just can't do that if you have. You know, your your big rival up here that's got just as much talent as you. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, week one would favor Kentucky. What do you think? Yeah, because, well, I mean, I can see it both ways because I'm, I'm trying to think these teams are going to be dominated by, you know, strong offensive line play, running game, and quality defense. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of at a standstill there because Tennessee. You know, we talk we point to the quarterback position being an issue, not necessarily saying it is Kentucky. I know you're very high on Terry Wilson. I'm not as much, but he's still coming back from injury. So I kind of see the same things holding them both back. Maybe you know they both need to get a game or two going to get some confidence at under center, and they both have issues at receiver. I don't know. I I just the more I think about this matchup, I think it's just. Like I said, it's a damn toss up here. I love it, man. I, I love the. I mean, it's already starting, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bourbon bets in August. I love it. You know, <laughs> I'm saving them too. I've got them. I've got. Uh, I got TG's. Uh, I got TG bourbon over here, and I've got all these, you know, and I'm going to line them up, buddy. I'm going to be shit-faced during this ball game, so uh, they better be ready. And if I, if Tissy's winning, buddy, they better mute my Twitter because I'm going to be going off. Of course, and again, if I lose, then maybe I just hit the bottle a little hard, Mike, you know? All right, last two matchups here I got on the docket. You know, I could have went a little – you know, multiple ways here, but I went with Arkansas at Missouri. You know, they mm-hmm. end the season, the regular season, always uh, uh, playing each other. So it is during rivalry week as much as, hell, neither one of these fan bases want to admit this is a rivalry game, even though yeah, it seems like there's tons of bad blood here. And obviously we got Barry Odom flipping to one side or the other. We got uh, Brad Davis, offensive line coach, flipping to one side or the other. Pittman, I think, is coached in Missouri. So, you know, we got a lot going on here that uh, could potentially make this game a rivalry. 
And I just think it's more appealing. Almost went South Carolina, Missouri, but I don't know. I just feel like Arkansas, Missouri, maybe a little bit even more evenly matched. And I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I, I was kind of surprised you didn't go South Carolina, Missouri. It's just the games that we've got to see between these two teams have been fantastic, especially the last few years, you know. Um, I mean, hell, the, the series is tied at 5-5, five and five, Mark, Mike, you know. Mm-hmm. This, this game – well, here's another problem, though, why I didn't – because Arkansas doesn't play Vanderbilt this year. Yeah. So I was like, I don't really know how that's going to work, you know. And I don't want to just be adding games. No, I guess I, – I see what you're saying, but damn, you know, I just th- – I think – man, South Carolina's not getting any love. But I'll, I'll say, I just – I don't know. I, I understand that you had to make a list, but I've got to I've got to go with the South Carolina-Missouri. We'll find a place for Arkansas and Bandy. Uh, because, you know, I think about this game, I think about the rain game, I think about, you know, last year there was just a couple of breaks that went the wrong way for South Carolina. They fell out. I lost some money. Uh, <laughs> the year before is a two-point game. You know, it's just – I don't know. The series is tied at five. I, I just – I think this, this, this just makes for good football. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's not fair. I get it. It's not fair for Arkansas. It's not fair for South Carolina. It's not fair for Mizzou. But that's where we're at right now. You know, when when South Carolina was at the top, at the peak, you know, we probably weren't talking about this game. You know what I'm saying? It's just where they're at right now. I've got to go with South Carolina, Mizzou. But I will say this. Mizzou, Arkansas is a sneaky rivalry, you know. And the the big fact, I mean, the the elephant in the room – is Coach Odom is now with Arkansas, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's got to be an added element there. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think this is – I don't think it's unrealistic to think that Arkansas could beat Missouri. Now, I'm not saying that's not outright picking that right now because we're just 100% sure what we're getting in either one of these teams. I could certainly see Missouri winning as well. But, I don't know, these games seem to be – pretty close even when the teams are terrible so um in years past anyways is what i'm referring to there but you know i think that would give some momentum to arkansas if they were able to get this done and, and the same for mizzou it'd give them some momentum eli jerkowitz getting starting his sec career one and oh that'd be huge now it probably is realistic to say south carolina missouri that may be the actual opener because those teams were supposed to play week three of the season so who knows? I mean, that might be the one. And my God, if you're Will Muschamp, cannot afford to lose this one. I mean, this is uh-huh. going to be there's not there's not many you can afford to lose at this point. But losing a year one a guy that beat you at Appalachian State last year, you've got to make up for that. So South Carolina, Missouri. Also, here's another thing I was kind of thinking of a little bit when I picked South Carolina at Vanderbilt. I'd like to see South Carolina get a win to start the season. Because I think right. it, I think it's important for them to get some momentum, get some confidence going, because I don't think they're nearly as bad as their record showed last year, and I think, you know, if they can get a win or two here to start, I think they're going to prove that. I mean, hell, this is the team. This is the only team to beat Georgia in the regular season. So, right. there's plenty of talent on Will Muschamp's team. They're just a little too inconsistent, and that goes to coaching. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, South Carolina Vanderbilt, <laughs> not a sexy game, but. Both those teams need to crawl out of the cellar before we get uh, give them prime time treatment, in my opinion. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I, I'm with you. That's that's the that's the key, man. They got to do it. And 
I, I hope South Carolina comes out and it's not this conservative BS, you know, it's just, let's play some fucking football, man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? These, they, they got weapons on that field. Find them, make it, make them stars, you know, don't, don't get conservative and try to rely on your defense, you know, let Helensky throw, man. If he's, if he's not healthy, get the other guy in there. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you've got some pieces, you got some young talent, you know, but let them play. And then same thing with Mizzou. Uh, I, I think the added element, not really knowing exactly what Mizzou's offense is going to look like, this new zoo, I think it could be something, man. You know, it may be an opportunity to grow a brand up there. So uh, just a lot of teams got a, a lot of stuff to prove. Uh, you know, I, don't get me – I hate Vanderbilt, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm a Tennessee fan, but – they deserve better, you know what I'm saying. So, and, and the best way to, to 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 get more is to win more. If you remember when uh, what's his name was down there, oh, I hate James the Franklin up there at Penn State now. Yes, man, the I've never seen that place more excited about football in my entire life, man. You know, carrying a daggone anchor to the field, and you know the the people just they, they just they belong in the SEC and they just they just haven't been able to do it and i think when you can put some victories on there on the board uh, eventually they're going to take notice and they're going to get serious about football i mean it was on the verge and i don't blame him for leaving but when he did man he just took the heart and soul right out of that campus so mm-hmm. uh they they need that and they need some victories early because uh, i it's just I don't know. It's just embarrassing, man. You know, Vandy doesn't need to be embarrassing. They're 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 one of the fourteen teams in the best damn conference in the country. You know, it's time. It's time to take football serious or get the hell out. Yeah, and in probably the best city in the entire SEC. You know, <laughs> oh, without a doubt, man. I I mean, I, they don't. It's a sleeping giant. If it's it's almost like you know if if uh, you know we're talking fun, uh, about uh, what's the Arkansas guys. Jerry's world, mm-hmm. you know, if Jerry came in and says, you know what, I want to buy this university. Could you imagine what Vanderbilt would look like? <laughs> you know, I'm saying <laughs> he just came in and said, you know what, uh, this is a project, but I'm going to take over. If somebody really just, just had that much initiative and that much fire about that program, sleep a giant buddy. I, I'd, I'd want to get out of the East, you know, I'd want to get it in the West with them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a good note to get up, to uh, go out on. You got anything else before we hop off here? Uh, no, we got some uh, reviews. We'll do that later in the week. Um, Mike, is is good getting on here with you. It's fun talking about this real football. I mean, mm-hmm. say what you want. These games are going to happen at some point. They may not be week one, but they will be at some point this season. And uh, it seems like we're moving in the right direction. And uh, I'm just pumped up, man. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just fired up for some football. Wait for this SEC schedule and announcement could come at uh, any time, basically. But like I said, I think it's going to come to the t- tail end of the week here. The I know there's uh, the presidents have to meet, I believe it is, and, and vote on this thing. And we're already hearing speculation. You know, the Gators are mad about their schedule. And that, <laughs> everybody's going to be damn mad about their schedule. Trust me, you, get, you had two extra yeah. SEC teams. It's not going to be a cakewalk for anybody. So, uh yeah, it's just but it's going to be better, Mike. You know who cares if who cares if we don't have an undefeated team this year? You know what I'm saying? We're going to have some real 
good football every single Saturday. I hope this starts some sort of trend, Mike. I really do. I hope next year we've got a cure for this COVID, whatever, you know, and they're saying, you know what? I'm looking at these ranks and these ratings on TV, and the fans want good football. And we can't do that with uh, Joe Blow's university down here that we got to pay a million dollars to show up. <laughs> we don't need that, man. People, We pay money, man. The, the city, the counties, you pay your taxes, you know, you, you go to these ball games, you pay for parking, your food. I mean, this is these stadiums are put there because of fans like us. You know what I'm saying? And they want good football. So I'm all for it, man. And you better get a season ticket this year, man, because it's going to be some ultimate football being played in 2020. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's like the opposite of the ACC, you know, where if a team makes it out of there, you're like, well, who in the hell have they played? <laughs> yeah. You make it out of the SEC, it's, my God, this, this team's went through the wars and they've emerged. So there's not going to be – you know, I'm not trying to discredit Texas A&M or Florida, but a lot of the talk off season is, well, they don't, you know, their schedule's kind of easier. Yeah. There's going to be none of that, buddy. You're the best. None of that. And I'm not huh? not saying those teams aren't the best, but if you're the best, prove it on the field because you're all going to go through the, the war now together. <laughs> and who's going to come out on the other side? You know what? That's right. I always think of like just like 14 giants just getting in one room and just dead bolting the door and the last man out wins. You know, that's what it feels like. So king of the hill, buddy. That's what this is. 14 teams. Who's going to be on top at the end of the season? We just don't know. Mm -hmm. But I can't wait to find out. All right, so that's going to do it. And uh, don't forget, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind just going a step further, giving us one of those five-star written reviews, we'll send you a koozie free of charge. Uh, But that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me, Shane, as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. How many days is it to football? Uh, 50-something. So they better start saving a dollar a day for that bourbon. You know what I'm saying? If it's week one. (laughs) You ready? Yeah, buddy. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, SEC. <laughs> <laughs>